You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, March 26th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always, the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with my baseball-related work at places like Friars on Base and Baseball FYI, or my more entertainment pop culture side of things at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Blade Disgusting, and more. Of this here Lockdown Padres podcast, though, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Hit me up on either of those two accounts with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very best to get back to you and answer those questions here on the show. And at the time, hopefully when this episode drops, I'll be doing my locker room, 5.30 p.m. I hope this episode comes out in time so you guys can listen to this and head on over it. It's going to be a really good time, so be sure to... Be sure to tune into that. Uh, Today's episode, we're going to be doing part two of my Division Day crossover with Ryan Latica of Locked On Rockies. But before we get into that, going to go over some news and stuff and talk about some spring training action, as I always like to do at the top of the pod. Let's start. Last night, the Padres played against the Texas Rangers, and they won a score of 11-10. to being the final. Uh, in terms of the pitching, you Darvish got the start. As I talked about in yesterday, yesterday's episode, he has been named the opening day starter, which is real, real cool and exciting. Uh, he goes three innings here, giving up four runs on four hits. Or I'm sorry, uh, three hits, uh, four runs on three hits, and walking four. He walked four, which wasn't great. Not a lot of control there. Uh, and uh, got four strikeouts. Now, don't worry. I mean, yeah, the four walks isn't great, but this is a guy who acquired himself and all that. He's got 11 different pitches that he throws and all that stuff, so he's probably just experimenting. Out of all the guys in the Padres rotation, the guy that I was least worried about is you, Darvish. Not just because he's the best, but he's the type of guy that strikes me as someone who is going to experiment and kind of figure out things a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So from that perspective, really cool. Craig Stammen somehow gets the win despite only going one inning, giving up two earned runs on three hits and walking one, uh, which is just, it was just an offensive slugfest, I guess you could say. Um, so in terms of the offense, Jake Cronenworth gets a double, a home run for Fernando Tatis Jr. I think he's doing okay. I think he's back. I don't think we have to be worried that he hurt himself too badly. <laughs> so that was just her third home run of the, sw- uh, the spring. Uh, I can't talk today. Jesus. Uh, Tabby Pham, Jorge Mateo, Luis Campizado, Jerick Supra are all getting um, RBIs. It was, a, it was a fun game, I think, in a lot of ways. And in terms of the Rangers side of things, I just want to talk about them real quick. Um, you know, nothing... The Rangers, because I like doing this for spring training games, because these are teams we're not going to play too often in the regular season. I like to... Give my give my take on the Rangers, and my take is everything basically has gone down for them since the Tatis 3-0, quite literally ever since that happened. So the Rangers, screw them, you know what I'm saying? I love you, Bryce Paterik of Lockdown Rangers. He is the Hobie, one of the two biggest sad boys on the Lockdown Network. Definitely go listen to his podcast. I can't wait to see how he's going to make it through all this season. Um, but yeah, the Rangers are one of those teams that there's not much to be excited about. I guess Joey Gallo bombs, but... They're one of those teams. They're not quite like Colorado level, but they're at that level where they're 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 just they're not bad enough to be the point where you don't watch them like a single game of them. But there's not really any upside with that team, and I don't really know where they're gonna go. So the Rangers are a sad team in a lot of ways. They swung and missed on hoping that they would have three 
dynamic starters for them last year and that that would carry them at the offense would follow. They had Lance Lynn, they had Corey Kluber, and then they had Mike Miner. Mike Miner didn't really pitch all that much. He was hurt, was a mess when he came back. Corey Kluber literally, I think, went like an inning and then was shut down for the rest of the year. And Lance Lynn was awesome, but that's basically all they had last year. Literally at all. There was basically no other like exciting things on that team. So shout out to the Rangers. Not a good time to be a Rangers fan, unlike us Friar Faithful uh, having the time of our lives. And now the last thing I wanted to talk about was something that came out like a few days ago that I forgot to talk about. Um, Kevin Acey did a story. Uh, it was about Jace Tingler talking about, you know, he had some strong words regarding the pitching thing and safety and saying, you know, these are careers that are on the line here, basically. And I'm going to link the story in the, in the description of the podcast, but if you guys want to check it out, I think that it's a great point. I think that this is... The Padres seem to be a lot of teams, not every team, but there's some teams that seem to be holding out hope for the DH. I don't think it's going to happen. We're like four days away from opening day practically. Not really. We're like, what are we? We're seven days away. No, six days away. That's how math works. So I don't really think it's going to happen, but it is very, I mean, you have the Zach Gallon injury over in Arizona. That was a big deal. Um, it's just, it's just silly. You know, like I really don't understand the the need for it. I feel like I've talked about this way too many times on the podcast. I don't want to repeat myself. I don't want to get too repetitive. Uh, so I'm going to kind of lighten it up and, you know, end it at that and just say, I think this is stupid. And I think that it's the what thing that makes it most stupid is, you know, baseball wants the DH too, but they're not doing it because it's a bargaining chip. And I hope that the players do not take that because I think expanded postseasons would make the regular season baseball, which is already a marathon in a bad way to get through. And that would make it even worse. I do not want a 79 and 81 team making the postseason every year. I think that that would devalue the postseason and would devalue the incentive for teams to go out and spend money on the market. If people want to counter that, they would say, oh, well, they're not even spending money now anyway. It's like, yeah, because they're gearing up for the CBA. That's what that's what that is. Don't let them fool you. They It's not that. You know what I'm saying? They they just don't want to do it right now because they're gearing up for this and they want to have a big brawl. It's, it's going to get dark, guys. So enjoy baseball while it's here. I'm being serious. Like, I don't know what's going to happen within the next year. It could get really, really dark. Uh, but with that said, guys, before we get into this chat with Mr. Ryan Latica, I need to talk to you about some important things. That is betonline.ag is the first one. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit and remember to use that promo code locked on when doing so bet online your online sportsbook experts and one last thing guys before we get into the chat get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the locked on today podcast host peter bukowski the legendary the legend iconic the sensational peter bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts follow the locked on today podcast wherever you get your podcast guys are going to be talking some some padres on this part two of the crossover with ryan latica and then we each ask each other some questions and some questions about trevor story i think is the biggest question with the rockies a lot of fun and also stay tuned for the end of the podcast to talk about a little bit of what's coming on next week's show so without further ado guys here we go uh so ryan's losing it a little bit i think we <laughs> should pull off the rockies uh trade just for a little bit the stop you know stepping on the gas pedal uh what do you want to ask me about the Padres yeah 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 let's move on to the Padres a little bit uh because, <laughs> I mean the Padres are also I mean because this is the thing the Padres do what the Rockies don't do is they mm-hmm. supplement their core 
their core, their young core, you know, that are, you know, you're expecting to lead them to the playoffs with the good supporting cast. And that's just not something the Rockies have ever done. But I mean, the Padres had one of the busiest off seasons in baseball this year. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, obviously, you know, going out and getting, you know, guys like Blake Snell and, uh, and uh, God, you Darvish. I don't know why I blanked on his name. <laughs> blanked on his name. Um, but uh, just overall, I do sometimes too. It's been okay. able to kind of settle on the Padres offseason. You know, you know what's your, what's your uh, just overall reaction to it? My overall reaction is that it's so funny, and this also has to do with the Rockies too. It's a little concerning because I've I've described it as the Padres are, are war boggers. AJ Preller, I've you might have seen my videos. I lose my mind with this guy. I just cannot believe. You got a good player, great. He's interested in him. You got a good player, he's interested in him. It's just that simple, and he's ready to pull off a deal any moment. Like as we're recording, it wouldn't. It really wouldn't shock me if I heard they made another trade. Like it wouldn't <laughs> shock me. Like I remember. I mean, this is kind of a uh, hyperbole, but like I remember. So I was like, I had a dream that they traded for Mike Trout. Oh it's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't really think they should be doing that necessarily because I imagined it, to get him it would be a lot, and I, I like the idea of having a great roster now and some other guys in the future. But like the fact that it isn't inconceivable that they could trade for any player in the league because of how Preller operates is amazing. And on the other side of that, I think it's also concerning uh, baseball right now where the Padres decide that they're a big market team. Uh, breaking news for everybody, they're not this giant big market team over the course of their history. And then you have teams like Cleveland and Tampa Bay, two playoff teams, one World Series team among those two, obviously, who decide to give up their best players for money reasons. So... On one hand, yes, there should be congratulating of the Padres for being rad and and dope. But on the other hand, it's also like there's a reason they're able to do this. And I think part of that is because baseball is heading this weird trend with teams just giving up. I mean, coincidence that the collective bargaining agreement is about to be up? No, uh, just going to break the news to everybody. No, it's not a coincidence. Um, Right. So on that hand, just for a serious bit, and then like your team, the Rockies, it's it's concerning. You know, it's concerning that someone like Jeff Radrich, who had a lot go right for him, a lot of privilege in a lot of ways, he gets these internships. Like you look at how his his ascent to this job, even that level, it's not like it's like, yeah, was he even worthy of this in the first place? So that's an issue. And then you look at the fact that he's not even going to be fired for making. Uh, I mean, someone called it the worst trade of all time. I don't think it's the worst trade of all time, but I think it is when you look at the the sentiment of it. When, that's the issue. It's like it's not like you trade for some guys who ended up bad. You're trading for guys that are probably not going to be that great, and you paid money for for them to to get rid of him. So I think it's the sentiment, that feeling of it, is one of the worst trades I've seen. Um, because hey, you look at my team, Will Myers for Trey Turner, not the best trade in the world. Obviously, it's worked out okay for us, and Myers might be better now, but you know that's the kind of the sentiment. And then in general, man, yeah, it's been a, an insane offseason. Literally anything. I just remember early on in the uh, offseason, I did my my wish list. And I refused to even repeat it because it looks silly now. I was like, oh, yeah, I want them to go after Odorizzi and Kluber. That would be great. You know, you can compete on the starting pitching front. Hopefully it depends on Nelson Lamette. Then you've got Gore coming up. And, then, and all of a sudden they're like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's trade for Snell. Darvish, sign Hassan Kim because why not? I guess, right? Uh, star from the KBO League. We'll see how he does. I know some people have been down on him because of spring training, but it's whatever, spring training. Um, 
And then they go out and trade for Joe Musgrove, who was a hot ticket item in that trade deadline last year. They get him, and all of a sudden they're like, we don't even need McKenzie Gore to break out. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. He could, you know, Paddock, all of a sudden, the, the number one guy last year is now going to be the fourth or fifth starter on the team. Um, so that's just, I think that encapsulates what it's been like for the Padres this offseason, a team that is just going for it and somehow was able to do it without giving up like their their biggest golden eggs, I guess is what I call them. I mean, they gave up Luis Patino in the Blake Snell trade, which made sense. You're get you're hoping Patino becomes a Blake Snell and you have club control for him. And that's a really good contract. I mean, 15 million. I think he gets paid like 12 million this year. The third year is like 15. Even that, that's really good for a pitcher of his um caliber, especially not for a long time frame. So everything's going right for the Padres. And I guess now it just comes down to can they replicate the offensive breakout side of things that they had last year because i'm actually really optimistic about the pitching i think the pitching is legit in every way i think it's going to be fine uh i'm more concerned about guys like hosmer and myers can they kind of have the same thing happen for them can they repeat what they did last year the launch angle myers all of a sudden being able to reach over the plate to slap balls across the third base side of the field and for singles and i'm like what what is going on this guy's the most clutch player next to tatis on the team Honestly, even some of his numbers might suggest he's even he was even better in that regard. I was just like, what's going on? <laughs> like, I don't know where this came from. Um, so from that, and then Jay Crotoworth obviously has the breakout. So I'm talking a lot, obviously, because there is so much to talk about. And I think that's the thing with the Padres. Such a busy offseason to the point where I often forget, I think, what they even did every now and then. I forget right, that yeah. they brought in Melanson and Keone Kella, like just to bolster the bullpen a tiny bit, right? This all these different moves and Kim and they re-signed Jerickson profile. I mean, it's it's basically the list goes down the line. It's been hell of an offseason, and I lucked out uh, as this is the team that I decided to cover. Let's just say I lucked out real good. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, just as you were talking, I just you know can't help but laugh. You know, thinking about the fact that you pointed to you know Will Myers for Trey Turner as you know this terrible trade for the Padres, mm-hmm. and Will Myers ends up being a guy who hits for a cycle every single time he comes to Coors Field. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that does happen. That does tend to happen. His 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 you know you know two cycles every year that he hits against the Rockies. But uh, um, you know, kind of the 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 other thing that I wanted to ask you, um, what you know, obviously now you know having gone out and acquired um, Blake Snell and you Darvish, you know, and they didn't need to part with Mackenzie Gore. You know, they're able to keep you know most of their their top prospects. Um, you know, just who who do you kind of see starting? in the rotation for the Padres in the 2021 season. Cause it seems like now y'all have too many guys for, yeah. you know, for the five spots. Yeah. It was like I said, like there was probably if, if not for the Snell Darvish Musgrove thing, Mackenzie Gore might be making, might be making his debut. Like, I don't want to say opening rotation, like opening a series or anything like that. Cause you know, service time manipulation and all that stuff. But even yeah. still, like I mentioned with Tatis, they didn't do that with him. So it's not, I would be wouldn't be surprised if the Padres are like screw this. What we're gonna do is be the pro player team, and that'll make other people want to come to our team. We're gonna be the the good cop to everybody's bad cop going on right now in baseball. I guess um, that was what was a possibility. And AJ Morejon was probably like a front runner for the starting rotation. Now I still think that might be the case. I think one of the interesting thing is, and today at the time of this recording, that's not happening. But when this episode comes out. Um, Denelson Lamette will be making his first spring training start. And I'm really curious to follow that. I think that they're, by all accounts, going to keep him on an innings limit this year. 
he had this like strain in an area of the body where I'm blanking on what injury he had. But basically, since he's someone who throws so hard and throws a lot of sliders, it affects someone like him a lot more. So I think they're going to be easy with him. I think they're going to load management, I guess you could say, uh, for for Denelson Lamette because they're hoping to make a postseason run. So if they do do that, then the rotation probably starts out. I think Darvish is the opening day starter. I think he should be. Then I think you follow that up with Snell. And then that's where things get interesting, I think. I think you definitely know Paddock and Musgrove are going to make the the rotation. But I actually think Joe Musgrove is going third. I think Paddock, there's a, the potential that Chris Paddock goes fifth and then they do Monahone for the fourth spot. We have to see. I would be a little bit surprised, like I said, if they decided to bring up a Gore, just because I think they want to flesh him out a little bit longer than Myers and have that service time thing. But the starting rotation, the fact that, like you said, the fact that all of a sudden they have almost too many guys um, is quite incredible uh, in a lot of ways. And I'm curious to see what they do. It's (laughs) an excellent problem to have. And the starting pitching rotation was the issue with the team a few years ago. Uh, Looking back, honestly, heading into last season, people were like, oh, I'm not so... The rotation is the issue. I, you know, just to applaud myself, I was like, eh, I don't think it's great, but I didn't think it was as bad as everybody made it out to be. I thought that Zach Davies was a little bit pretty good fifth starter. He ended up awesome. And I thought that Lament was going to make a comeback. He's got great strikeout stuff, throws high 90s all the time, right? And that's what ended up happening. So if you take that into account and just add on to the fact that they got two aces this offseason, I don't really see why the rotation is going to be a problem. I think the bigger problem could end up being outfield depth. Not that, you know, now we're just complaining and now I'm just, you know, like the minor of things. But if right. anything were to happen to Trent Grisham, who did get injured in the spring, albeit only just for a week, it was a mild grade one kind of hamstring injury. If anything were to happen to him, the outfield depth, especially defensively, could become an issue. But in terms of just a full team, they're uh, basically stacked from top to bottom. And I don't understand why. Uh, they can't win the NL West. I think it's absolutely possible if things break away, uh, their way. Who knows if Clayton Kershaw, he's not getting any younger. Max Muncy, maybe he maybe he has another bad season. And Cody Bellinger is going to be awesome. I'm just, yeah, he's going to be great again. That's I'm expecting a full bounce back from him. But right. in yeah, general, everything's to. going well. Everything's going well. They're probably, they're projected to be the second or third best team in baseball behind the Dodgers or the Yankees. Take your pick. Maybe Atlanta. But I actually think they're a little bit better than Atlanta just based on the starting pitching depth. But it's it's a good time to be alive. What a time, man. I don't I don't know what else to say, really. All right, just a quick break, guys. You know, March Madness is going on, but there's arguably an even more important madness going on. That is Built Bar Madness. That's right, guys. I've talked about Built Bars for the longest time. They are the best tasting protein bars around thanks to high fiber, high protein, low sugar, low calories, and they taste amazing. Best protein bars on the planet. They, they just really are. Just straight up. You know, It's just that simple. You know what I'm saying? And today's matchup for Built Bar Madness is cookie dough chunk versus birthday cake. Who do I got taking this one? Look, I love me some cookie dough. You know, I think we I think we all love ourselves, you know, someone's baking and they making cookie dough and we like having the raw cookie dough beforehand. Let's be honest, be honest. You love doing that, don't you? But in this case, I'm actually going birthday cake. Birthday cake is like a white chocolate almost type of vibe that it gives me. I t- I thought that this would be the flavor I didn't like because hot take, I mean, maybe not a hot take. I don't want to be mean about it, but I am not a cake guy. 
I've been more a pie guy my whole life. I do not like cake. I only like maybe strawberry chocolate stuff. Otherwise, I'm like, this is bland, and it's just, give me a cookie. You know what I'm saying? Too many calories in this thing. It's not worth it. But I actually turned out to like birthday cake a bit more. And if you guys want to keep up with the rest of the bracket, of course, you can go to BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter. And, of course, remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar of them all. Yeah, and even a guy that we haven't even talked about, uh, Clevenger, right? You just had Tommy John surgery. He's not going to be here. Yep. This, he's not going to be here this season. But you know, you you guys are expecting to have him next year, right? Yeah, and if everything breaks right, if Darvish, you know, low key narrative, he is getting a little bit older. If he's still an ace quality pitcher next year, the possibility of a Darvish Snell. Clevenger, Musgrove, and depending on what happens with Paddock, how they feel about him, or Mackenzie Gore type of rotation, whew, doctor, it's yeah. uh, oh man, it it's is good. A, <laughs> it's it's pretty solid. Meanwhile, your team, unfortunately, to pivot over, I guess to ask you some questions now uh, because we are we've been we've been talking for a while now. Um, you know, you guys basically just have Herman Marquez, or Mar- I don't know how to say Herman, his last name. Yeah, Herman Marquez. Aaron Marquez. Um, he's kind of I, I've seen people talk about like he's the least he does not benefit for pitching at cores. Not that anybody does, but he could be potentially really awesome for a lot of teams. So I actually don't want to talk about just the the pitching for the Rockies. I'm gonna do it's the most cliched thing. I'm sorry. I know you probably get this question a lot, but the Padres fans are wondering. So what what's going on, with Trevor Story? Are they moving this guy? Uh, are they moving Marquez? Are they going to be able to do that? Because I feel like a lot of Rockies fans are like, let's just rip off the Band-Aid. But are they going to be able to do the right thing? I guess you could say. Uh, the words that were spoken by the famous Spike Lee and do the right <laughs> thing in the movie. Uh, you know, always do the right thing. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Uh, will they be able to do that? Yeah, honestly, I mean, at this point, you know, I don't, you know, at this point, Trevor Story's value is not going to get any any higher from this moment on, you know, entering the season. It's just going to, you know, go down, obviously, because, you know, if you're going to try and trade Trevor Story, um, teams are going to want as much of him as possible. You know, he's he's entering his walk year, um, and you know the fact that so 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 there there are two things that go into this. The the first thing is um, is what was said in the press conference after they traded Arenado is that the Rockies front office still believes that this is a truly talented team. That's what they said. This is a quote, truly talented team. And I know you laugh right when I say that. (laughs) And, you know, that's what I honestly, I laugh too. But uh, that's what they truly do believe. They they made it clear that this is not a rebuild, which Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't like, I would love to just sit down with Jeff Breidich and ask him just about that. Um, But, you know, they, they truly believe that this is a team that just simply underperformed over the last couple of years. They think that this team's talent level is closer to 2017 and 2018 when by far and away, their pitching staff carried them to the, to the, to the postseason. It wasn't even close. Their offense has been terrible since 2018, 2017, I guess. Um, But the fact that they still believe that this is a truly talented team, you know, they're not in rebuild, so I don't expect them to trade Trevor Story until at least the deadline, which yeah. doesn't make any sense because then you're not going to get nearly as much for him at the deadline as you would if, you know, if, if they decided to just rip off the Band-Aid and trade him right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, you have what John Heyman tweeted a couple weeks ago saying that the Rockies apparently don't even have the budget to extend him. 
So it's like, okay, so if we're not even trying to work on an ex- work on an extension, then what is he still doing here? You know, yeah. trade him, rip off the Band-Aid now. He's not going to be here next year anyway. You know, I, I, I would be just completely floored if he wanted to stick around after seeing what happened with Nolan Arenado. Um, you know, he, and he's, he's made no public indications that he wants to stick around. There's been nothing leaked, you know, so far to, you know, lead on that the Rockies are even trying to extend him. So, you know, it comes to the point, it's like, what are we even doing here? You know, it's like trade him now, you know, take advantage of his, of his value over the course of a full season, rather than, you know, shipping him off as a two month rental at the trade deadline. Um, and just rip off the bandaid now, do it now, you know, cause you know, if you're not even going to try to extend him, then what's the point? You know, just get rid of them now. But, you know, they don't they they still think that they can contend. They still think that this is a talented team that just simply underperformed the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, this is a little crash course for you and seeing just kind of how inept and incompetent this front office really is. This is just how they think about things. It's that's really incredible. Them being like, we still think this is super talented and competitive team. It's yeah, like, yeah, you know, on YouTube, you can go watch it. And they, oh, they I'm going to say that verbatim. And 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 I agree. Like you know, the end of Avengers: Infinity War, like the first scene in Avengers: Endgame, is Tony Stark being like, "You know what? I think we're in great shape. You know what I mean? Like we can still yeah. do this." And you know, spoiler alert, you know, Sonny Corleone, uh, after he passes in uh in the first Godfather movie, the dot is like, "We got this. Like this is everything's going well right now. Like yeah, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> what are you talking about? Things just it's absolutely uh, asinine. It's S ten, S eleven. It's yeah. just really going poorly for the Rockies. Um, and what stinks is teams know what you just said, meaning they know the way you're like they don't have the budget to pay him. Okay, so that means you're definitely not signing him and keeping him. So that means they're like, okay, we know you have to trade him now at the deadline. So we're going to give you an Austin Gobber type prospect. Again, that's what could potentially happen here. Not to mention other teams. Now, I think Lindor's, I, I, I think like yesterday, uh, we were recording this on Monday, so Sunday. I think there were some rumors that they're looking at an extension for Francisco Lindor. But just in general, the shortstop marketplace next year is awesome. There's yeah. um, There's a ton of guys, including Corey Seager, who's, one of the more underrated stars in baseball and Lindor, if he somehow doesn't sign an extension, which I'd be very shocked if they, if he didn't, but some teams might be like, all right, let's just take our chances that maybe we could just get him in free agency, or we can get one of the other dozen shortstops that are available. So it's really bad for the Rockies. And I agree with you. I feel like they should have just traded him by now, give him to a team that's really trigger happy aside from my team, because apparently they just don't need any position, but (laughs) there's a lot of teams in baseball that would be like, all right, let's do this. Some fringe teams. There are teams like, I don't know, maybe uh, what's a good team that could use Trevor story right now. I mean, a lot of, a lot of teams obviously could use it, but maybe someone like the Cardinals, if they want to go big, they want they want to trade for him and go for that NL West. Maybe, you know, Milwaukee, there are definitely teams that could, and something tells me based on the, the past of the Rockies that you're not going to take too much to get him. So I really think that that's a, a dark potential future is that you give up the two bargaining like chips that you guys have, for basically nothing. Um, Arenado, is it going to be tough for you watching Arenado at St. Louis? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, I went through this with with Troy Tulowitzki, you know, when yeah. he was traded to the Toronto Blue Jays in 2015. Um, you know, Tulo, I mean, he was my guy too. He was my favorite player on the Rockies when he was, you know, when he was around. And, too, I mean, you remember Tulo, you know, in 2014. Um, you know, I mean, he had that just phenomenal season in 2014. Guys were, oh, yeah. guys were accusing him of stealing behind, mm-hmm. you know? 
And it was, I think, I think, you know, with Arenado, it's going to be a little bit tougher than with Tulo because I mean, the writing was on the wall with Troy Tulowitzki, you know, yeah. to, to, to some extent, because I mean, this is a dude who just could never stay on the field. Nope. Um, he just could never stay healthy. Um, and I mean, we saw, you know, his career kind of fizzled out after, you know, he, after he was traded to Toronto. So that was, you know, Jeff Breidich getting out from under that, you know, at, at pretty much the right time, but with Nolan Arnau, there was no reason for this to happen. That's just, that was, that's just the most frustrating thing is that there was no reason for this to happen. You know, it's not like, you know, he was, he's, he's entering his free agent year and he's going to walk. I mean, he, the opt-out in his contract, he didn't even ask for. I don't know if you knew this or not, but Jeff Breidich put that opt-out in, in his in, in his extension. Nolan did not ask for that opt-out. Huh. Did you know that? I did not know that, no. Yeah, Nolan did not ask for that opt-out. Um, and so, I mean, essentially, Nolan just signed under the uh, under the premise that, you know, they would continue to build around him. And then that just turned out to be a lie. They didn't do anything. Daniel Murphy was the last free agent that they signed, at, you know, at the major league level. And so this is just not a trade that needed to happen at all. You know, it was a pissing match, essentially, between the general manager and the best player on the team that ended with a, a salary dump. And that's just what's so frustrating about this is because he's in the middle of his prime. The Rockies are coming off of two consecutive playoff appearances, and you're supposed to be continuing to build up, you know, build, go to, you know, keep adding to the team, build around Nolan Arenado, and they just didn't do that. And so that's just what's so so frustrating about this is, you know, it, what it boils down to is this did not need to happen at all. Yeah. I mean, so. <laughs> it couldn't it couldn't be said better than that. I imagine, I guess, give a final prediction for win total for yeah. the Rockies this season. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the Padres to finish second in the division, um, you know, for. You know, and 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 I said this uh, with Vincent on my on my crossover uh, with the uh, with Vincent on Locked On Dodgers, but uh, I mean, you know, a lot of sexy moves made by the Padres this offseason. Um, but you know, I still like to see it play out on the play out on the field rather than on paper, um, just because they are still the Dodgers. They did go out and get Trevor Bauer this offseason as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so before I crown the Padres NL West champs for 2021, I do, I do want to see kind of how it all plays out on the field for the Rockies. On the other hand, last place, you know, that's, 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 what that's where I see them, you know, maybe high sixties, low 70 win total. Um, but, uh, yeah, two teams trending in completely opposite directions. Yeah. Uh, yep. It's the yin and yang, but that's, that almost sounds like a compliment. This is the. Oh my gosh. It's just, it's just tough times. And you did not disappoint Ryan. Uh, I had a f- lot of fun talking to you about the, the dark depths. And I'm really curious. I'm going to be tuning into your pod because, and everyone should for sure, but I'm going to be tuning in because I'm just kind of questioning whether for anyone who's seen annihilation out there, if just whether or not he slowly just gets crazier and crazier and more <laughs> delirious over the course of this, it's day it's day 75. <laughs> Trevor Story is batting 300. And the rest of the team's batting a combined 125. I've I've started I've the started Rockies making new mock, mock drafts. I've I've made new mock drafts for the draft in 2027. I'm losing it, guys. Like I don't know how dark it's gonna get. I can't wait. Um, but yeah, tell people really quickly what else you got uh, coming up. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, just keep tuning in at, uh, at LO Rockies on Twitter. My personal Twitter account is at Ryan Latica as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, it'll certainly be a, uh, <laughs> it'll be a season. I'll just, I'll just say that it'll be a season. <laughs> it will be indeed, sir. Everybody, this has been division day 
Rockies, Padres, Riot, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, absolutely. You too, man. And blammo, everybody. That is it for my conversation, my Division Day conversation with Mr. Ryan Latica of Locked On Rockies. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, just straight up. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And now before we get into the future of this pod, guys, let me talk to you about something really quickly. That is the Locked On MLB Division Preview Series. It continues on Locked On MLB today. Every episode from now until the 31st features in-depth looks at each team in every division. Today's was the AL West. Very, very cool. A lot of fun teams in there. It's all on the Locked On MLB podcast feed right now. That's right. You don't even have to wait. Just go right now. Follow Locked On MLB on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. And now in terms of this podcast, guys, you know, I talked about it before, but we have Emily Nyman, who's going to be coming on the show sometime next week to talk about uh, which which baseball players or teams or whatever would make for the best baseball documentaries. I think it'll lot be a lot of fun. And if you know anything about what Emily is a fan of, then you'll know about which players specifically we'll be talking about. I just think it's going to be a fun little podcast. Uh, one final little, I guess... Um, I don't know, palate cleanser uh, a little bit before we get into the nitty and gritty of baseball. And I've got some other guests coming on, including Miller Thomas of Locked On Dimebacks for the last Division Day show of this here preseason. It's going to be a lot of fun talking about the Dimebacks with him. He's always a fun hang. Going to be making some other pods, talking bold predictions, and just talking. I'm so excited. No longer... Well, you guys have to hear my voice just predicting and stuff like that. Soon we are going to see what comes to fruition. It's going to be a ton of fun, guys. We're almost there. Just hang tight. And with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Just wherever it is. And while you're at it, if you have Apple Podcasts, go on there and send me some five-star reviews. I would greatly appreciate that. It makes my all, makes my tummy all happy. It makes me happy in the inside. And you guys want me to be happy, right? You want to make Javi happy, right? So do that. That would be very nice. <laughs> Uh, but seriously though uh, go follow the show or myself on Twitter and until next time stay safe and of course stay faithful my Friar Faithful homies take care